Hello and welcome into I Want to Be A, where each episode we complete that sentence with a new job or profession, calling upon some experts to give us the lowdown on what it takes to nab a new position and create a successful career for yourself. I'm your host, Tim Muma. Today's edition on LJN Radio, I Want to Be a Mechanical Engineer. I'm sure you've heard of this discipline, but be honest, do you actually know what these professionals work with and accomplish? It's one of the broadest areas of engineering, but we'll look to get some details from our expert guest today. Joining us from New York is Shaker Chandra Shaker, an individual with tons of experience and a proven track record in that field. Thanks for coming on today, Shaker. Thanks, Tim. Nice to be on the show. Before we jump into uh, the profession itself, why don't you tell us and the listeners a little bit about yourself and a little bit about your career? Sure. I will be more than glad to. Uh, I am a mechanical engineer by background. I did my undergraduate degree in India. You probably have heard about it. It's the Indian Institute of Technology in Bombay. Sure. And subsequent to that, I did my PhD in Canada, University in Montreal. And once I completed my PhD, I was a professor at Western New England University in Springfield, Massachusetts for about five years. And then I left university and joined Bell Laboratories in New Jersey. And I was in Bell Laboratories for almost 18 plus years. Joined ASME about five and a half years ago. And since then, I've been with ASME. It's a little bit about my background in terms of my engineering. And I have used engineering in so many different ways. Sure. It's, it's, been a fun, it's been a fun journey. It's just a fascinating field. It's something that I strongly believe will have a significant impact on society. Great. Well, hopefully you can you know, fill our listeners in a little bit, get them excited about possibly jumping into that. And obviously, it sounds like you have a, a nice, diverse background and kind of been all over the place a little bit. What, what was it really that drew you into this industry? Why did you jump into it? Was there something that really got you going? Uh, did you always know you knew you wanted to get into this field? What was sort of that, uh, that path like for you? Yeah, let me share an incident. This really hits home to me because it's very personal. My dad, who's not an engineer, who, who is a physicist or who actually was a physicist, was a professor in Indian Institute of Technology, but was a physics, physics by, was a professor of physics. Okay and focused on material science. So I'm rewinding the clock back to when I was in grade 11, and this is really rewinding the clock. <laughs> and at that time, we had the opportunity to work on some science project, and it was part of something called the science talent. And the opportunity was really for these kids to take a concept in science. Notice I use the word science and not engineering. Sure. Because in those days, really engineering was something that never came down to a middle school or a high school level. They knew what it was all about, mm -hmm. but the focus was more on the science. Although now things are changing because engineering and science are kind of coming together to, to kind of communicate what the impact of uh, science is on or engineering is on, on life. But anyway, one opportunity that my dad presented to me was kind of, he was my biggest mentor, by the way, if I should say that was to kind of really work on a project, on, a pro on something that either you like or you will quickly learn to dislike so you know what not to do in life. <laughs> so at that point in time, he suggested that because I loved physics and math, was to kind of work something around that space mm -hmm. and then take it to a level where you know, we really understand wh what types of engineering is good for me. And so the project I had chosen at that time was to leverage a strobe on identifying and and monitoring frequencies of components. When I use the word frequency, I mean frequency of oscillation. Because oscillations induce fatigue failure. And so if I can understand the type of oscillations and what happens, and realize that I was in grade 11, so I didn't get into too much level of detail, 
but more to understand the physics of it and the engineering of it so that one can influence designs. So the more I started to do this, the more I started to engage with people, the more I started to work with professors, I really felt that this was something I really wanted to do going forward. The notion of physics, the notion of vibrations, the notion of structures, the notion of materials really, really appealed to me. So at the end of that six-month period when we had to complete the project and share this with the audience at large and the evaluators at large, I really put my hands around it, kind of talked to my dad, who was my mentor, and said, this is really what I want to do. Mm -hmm. And he also then emphasized that this is not all you're going to do because mechanical engineering is such an interdisciplinary field that there's one thin slice of it. So that's really what got me going to become a mechanical engineer. Now, is that, and you brought that up, sort of that just being a small piece of the part you were focusing on. Mm -hmm. I mean, do you think that's one of the, the best parts of, of the idea of mechanical engineering is that it's so broad, you can touch on different areas? I mean, is that something you would promote as being one of the benefits of, of going into this field, into this discipline? Absolutely. I think mechanical engineering is really an interdisciplinary engineering. It touches so many different aspects of what we want to do as engineers. So, for example, I can be a design engineer where I can actually work on air conditioning systems in, automo in automobiles. Mm -hmm. I can be a fluids engineer where I can actually use these fluid, fluid mechanics to actually design machines that can cut wood. I can be a manufacturing engineer where I can try to leverage, for example, an ASME code 14.5 to design fits and tolerances that, will, that can be deployed in manufacturing lines and flexible automation systems across the globe. I can be a solar engineer where I can design what these solar concentrators are and focus on the energy side of the business. I can be a turbine engineer where I can actually design and leverage materials to design turbines and blades. Or I can be a piping engineer where I can actually leverage and work with companies like the fracking industry or the coal industry to actually say, how do I transmit this across from point A to point B? Mm -hmm. So it gives you a whole spectrum to select from. Although there are overlapping disciplines that touch all of these, but that broad exposure enables you to then drill down and get into the area that you like. I love that you have, I mean, you obviously have a love for this area and, and just overall a, a passion for what we're talking about here. Hopefully some of the people listening, they get a little more interested in it. Maybe it's something they want to uh, dip their toe in. If they're looking at getting into the educational side of things to maybe get their, get themselves started in terms of the academic uh, uh, ways, where do, where do they begin? What are they looking at in terms of degrees, choices of school? How much does that matter? Can you fill us in a little bit on what, the, what their path might look like from an educational standpoint? Sure. I think the core of any education, in my opinion, should be fun. Hmm. And if it's not fun to kids, they really will not learn. Mm -hmm. Seriously. And this is something that I've firmly believed in my entire life, both as a student, a professor, and as a person who has worked in the industry. So that being said, when I look at engineering, and everything we try to do in engineering, whether it's the early, early stage of learning what design is all about, learning how to work as teams, learning what you want to accomplish in a senior design project, working with industries who fund some of these programs, we have to start with how can it be fun? Mm -hmm. And with the core as fun, the next layer of fun is, okay, how can I leverage some of the, engineer, some of the concepts I've learned in class to apply to the problem I'm trying to solve. It's very important to understand and define that problem I am trying to solve. For example, I'll take something that we in ASME are doing. We have a, a, a program called Engineering for Change. And Engineering for Change really deals with 
how do you apply engineering to have an impact on on society, on on engineering solutions that can help improve the quality of life? There was this person in Africa, you probably have heard the story and read the website called engineeringforchange.org, where he really wanted to develop energy solutions for that local industry. He was not an engineer by any means, Mm -hmm. but he was looking around, he studied nature, he studied, understood what it's all about, tinkered with a few you know, a few with a few instruments and developed a windmill that then helped solve some energy problems for that local place. So it's all about passion. It's all about fun. It's all about leveraging the concepts of science and deploying it. So what sorts of an educational background do we need to have to become a mechanical engineer? I think you need, the most important thing is the passion to be successful and trying to relate to what you see in, in what you see outside. That's the something extremely important. Second, I think the notion of science and math are fun is critical mm-hmm. because I think engineering builds on the concepts or applying science and math into, into what we try to do. But let's not underestimate the other pieces of English, communication, the social science aspect, because you have to work with people. So that's what engineering education is all about. It's the love of math and science it's how we take that love of math and science, package it with aspects of humanity, social science, teamwork, communication, and deliver to you a background that will be very helpful as you get into the world of industry. How about any activities that maybe an individual could work on or, or participate in that might help them along, when, whether it be when they're looking for a job or when they're getting started uh, with the engineering side of things? Are there different areas they could look? Are there different projects they could try to work on? What would be your suggestion as far as working on some items on their own that, that would help them along? I think extracurricular activities really play a very significant role in kind of building the person. So I t- again, I t- try to draw an analogy with a person trying to compete with the Olympics. There are two dimensions to competing with the Olympics. One is your actual physical training, but not not only your physical Mm. training, but also emotionally, you have to be prepared to kind of run that 100-meter dash to kind of succeed. In the same way, I look at extracurricular activities as that informal learning process that will supplement the formal learning process to make you a whole. And that informal learning process could be as simple as for example, my son, when he was in, um, in high school, he used to volunteer on pretty much two or three days a week. He would go to a, uh, an Alzheimer's clinic and work with people, you know, the, the, the patients there, to, to improve their quality of life. And what he learned during that extracurricular activity, even though it was not truly a math or a science, was that communication is such an important part and, and kind of making the lives of those individuals, even if it's for 30 seconds, happier and elevates their status from being where they are today to where they want to go, that will really put a perspective on how he views a job, how he views specific things that he wants to do in life. Mm-hmm. So when he, when he takes those lessons learned in that specific clinic and wants to apply it to what he's doing as a biomedical engineer, it'll really help him a lot. And not only that, but when employers are trying to engage or hire these kids, they try to connect the dots themselves. They look for people who have these experiences, not experiences as sitting in an island, but how are they able to take those experiences and apply them in various situations? It becomes so critical. And it's absolutely important that people tend to focus on it. Now, let me just, for five more seconds, let me talk about the 
the mental state. For example, if you turn around and say, hey, my extracurricular activities is to play the guitar. Great. Because what happens when you play the guitar is that you actually have identified a way of kind of relaxing and focusing your brain and your mind to give you that mental strength along with your, what I would call your innate ability to solve problems to make it a whole. Mm-hmm. And the other part of it is when you start to play these musical instruments and you get, you know, relaxed, it also is there's a science and a physics associated with it that also is a learning process. So you actually learn the physics of music as you go along that will also help you in some of your engineering problems. So that's the diversity of what engineering brings to bear. And being an ASME, trying to encourage all these pieces as being an engineer. Engineer involves not just you trying to solve a problem, not just you trying to go into the field with a hard hat. It's not just you trying to communicate with, with your peers. It's a combination of everything. It's, it's a lot more than just classroom training. Yeah, you're. De- I mean, you're definitely taking it deep here, and I, we do appreciate that because uh, you know sometimes people get caught up in the mechanics, no pun intended, of of going through school and then figuring out the job side of things. Uh, I definitely appreciate you giving it a, a broader perspective on there, and and hopefully again that sort of enlightens people to to what you're talking about with with this profession as a whole. We touched on the education side, obviously uh, different activities and uh, you know, extracurricular items that people can get involved with. How about the process of actually applying for jobs? Because some listening, maybe they've already been involved with that and they're curious, okay, how do you go about this? Do you, are there places you go? Do you go online? Do you contact certain people? Uh, what's sort of that process for applying for jobs and even, even as much as so getting into the job interview itself and, and what that might be like? Today with, with the advent of technology, the whole job process is very, applying for a job is very different than what it was 25 years ago. Mm-hmm. The whole notion of networking in, in the days gone by was physical networking, where you actually went to a job fair, you networked with people, you talked about what you, what you brought to the table. Today, this notion of engagement is both virtual and face-to-face. So when people start to look at the process of applying for jobs, there are some givens. One, you really need to understand what is the job you're applying for. You really need a thorough understanding of the target industry you're applying for you need to understand the company you're applying for. So for example, I'll give a couple of examples. If you're going to apply to the GE Medical Systems, you really need to go research what GE Medical Systems mm-hmm. where, where are, What is their footprint? What is it all about? What do they deliver? What are the products and programs? Who do they work with? So a thorough understanding of that industry is extremely critical when you go and try to talk to when you are in an interview. So in other words, you have to do your homework you have to research the company you're applying for. You have to really do due do, do, do diligence. Then I think you need to then say, what are my core competencies that will help me deliver a message to the hiring manager or the hiring person in terms of what your differentiators are? It's also important when, when, when you kind of want to engage with, with the discussion with the hiring manager, not just your core competencies, but also, how can I leverage my core competencies to deliver what, what is required in that job? Mm-hmm. But the most important thing is, as you are doing that, I want to come back to the core, the core of everything we do. It's fun. Fun and learning. So we need to integrate fun. We need to integrate core competency. We need to do our research of what's been, what that job is all about. Because without doing research, there will be a clear miscommunication. Then, once you do all of that, then there are several, what I'm going to call engagement mechanisms. So one could use 
things like LinkedIn, Facebook. One could use virtual media to get engaged with corporations. Sure. Followed up, followed up with what I'm going to call a face-to-face engagement with the hiring managers or the network of people you want to engage with. In addition, there are things like Twitter, where you have a 140 character stuff that you might want to send some key messages across. Say, what are your skills or what are your differentiators? So the opportunities that are presented today are huge given the technological connection. And then given that you're mobile, you know, the employer can reach you anytime, anywhere. So it's good and bad. So, but that's, I think people need to leverage those technologies to kind of connect with the potential employers. And with that, we'll actually take a moment to pause with our guest, Shaker Chandra Shaker, who is an experienced and respected professional in the field of mechanical engineering. We'll pick up this conversation in a second part of I Want to Be a Mechanical Engineer. If you are interested in listening to the rest of that interview, go over to localjobnetwork.com slash radio slash list. Just type in I Want to Be a Mechanical Engineer and part two should pop up for you. In the meantime, if you're interested in contacting us with any comments or questions for any podcast on LJN Radio, just shoot us an email to ljnradio at localjobnetwork.com. Once again, I'm your host, Tim Muma. We'll talk to you later. 